Hi, my name's Andy, and thanks for watching today. Before we get started, we wanted to fill you in on our church. Here at Grace Community Church, we have a mission and purpose. Our goal is to point people towards Jesus. If you are looking for a church, we would love for you to be a part of what God is doing here at Grace. There are a couple of different ways for you to start getting connected to Grace. You can check us out on Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube, and more information about service times and smaller groups can be found at ohiograce.com. We would also like to invite you to one of our Sunday morning services. These times are 8.30, 10, and 11.30. We have a great time gathering for music, hanging out, and learning about who God is and how that affects our lives. Thanks for watching, and we hope to see you next week here at Grace. And you feel like a champion walking out to that music. It's, uh, that's some good stuff. Um, hey, we are in our series called Rite of Passage. And for the last few weeks, we've been talking about what it means to be a man. All right, it's taken them three weeks, but uh, they finally decided to get the guy on staff who's the most qualified to talk about this subject up here today. <laughs> and so I'm with you guys this morning. But uh, we've been talking about manhood. And what's funny about it is... Every single person in here, we all have a different image in our mind about what a true man is. Okay, we all do. Uh, this past week, I, uh, I was getting ready um, for this talk, and it's always good to get a woman's perspective. And so I called up my wife, Kate, and I said, hey, Kate, I got a question for you. Um, in your opinion, you're a girl, what's, what's like a man? And uh, the first thing, by the way, she said, well, you're a man, baby. All right, so I'll take that. I'm like, thank you. I already knew that, but uh, give me something else. But one of the first things that she said was, well, uh, a man, he's got to be, he's got to be a good comforter. And I was like, oh, that wasn't on my list. You know what I mean? I don't go around and think to myself, wow, that guy is a man's man. He comforts me. You know what I mean? I don't roll like that. Um, That's not, that, that, have, have you noticed that men or women are a little bit different? You notice that? Okay. If you haven't noticed that, you need to figure something out. All right. Men and women are different. We're even different on our opinions of what a man is. And we live in a society today that likes to blur the lines between the difference between a man and a woman. I mean, think about it. Society today, it, feel, it seems like uh, we view church as, well, that's the place for the women and children. We view church and whole Christianity as feminine. Right, church is the place for women and children. We see a picture of Jesus. And by the way, we don't know what Jesus looked like, remember? We see a picture of Jesus. It seems like all the pictures of Jesus, he's got this long flowing hair. And he's wearing this like dress robe thing and flip-flops. You know? Doesn't seem too manly. 
But in reality, the Bible has a lot to say about the way men should live their lives. And so that's what we've been talking about in this series. The first week, Pastor Kevin, he talked about how men need to pursue God. That should be number one in their lives. Uh, We looked at uh, David as he was on his deathbed charging his son Solomon to stand up and be a man. And within that, he needed to pursue God with everything that he had throughout his life. And then last week, Tim, he talked about how men need to initiate, especially when it comes to relationships or in the relationship. All right, men, it's not the women's job to always do the initiating. Men, we need to step up and do it. And then today, I got the, I got the short straw this week. Today, we're going to talk about the way that God expects men to lead in marriage, Okay. And uh, the Bible, uh, you know, it doesn't necessarily matter what we believe. The Bible makes it extremely clear that men are to lead within two areas of life. The Bible says it's clear. Men are to lead in two areas. One's the home and the other one's the church. And let me just say this. If you're a woman in here and, and you're already starting to take offense, all right, breathe, Okay. We're going to walk through this together. Let's talk about this. All right, stick with me. I don't think um, it's going to sound as bad to you maybe at the end than it does maybe at the beginning. But I think some of the major problems with society today stem from the fact that men have refused to lead within these two areas, the home and the church. I mean, think about it. This is the first time in history where young women are more likely to go to college and, and go to church than men. It's the first time in history where young women are more likely to enter into the workforce, meaning to get a job, than a man. First time in history where young women are more likely to get a driver's license than young men. Right? There's a bunch of men in our society. I'm not saying all men. I'm saying there's a lot of men in our society who refuse to grow up and they act like boys. And that's why we've seen a breakdown in the family. And that's why we've seen churches shrinking and becoming irrelevant in society today. It's a simple thing. Men have refused to lead. Now, this morning we're going to look at a passage. If you've come to grace for any amount of time, you've heard this before. Um, it's, uh, it's where God tells us, he instructs us, you and I, men and women, how the marriage is supposed to function. And so we're going to look at Ephesians chapter 5 this morning. And first, let me just say this. First, he's going to talk about the women, but not for long. Then he's going to talk to the men. So this is what he says, okay? And I get, you know, this, this might be offensive to some people in today's day and age, but this is what the Bible says, not Zach. This is what God says. He says, wives, be subject to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ also is the head of the church, he himself being the Savior of the body. But as the church is subject to Christ, so also the wives ought to be, ought to, be to their husbands in everything. All right, what can be more clear than that? That's really all I wanted to talk about today, and so let's pray. You know. <laughs> That didn't go well in first service. Everybody thought I was serious. And I'm like, okay, yeah. Um, but, uh, but some of you, let's be honest with, with each other, okay? Some of you, this right here, this bothers you. This sounds offensive to you. Others of you, probably mostly men, you're going, hey, I found my new life first right there. I like that, all right? 
Right, but some of you, you're thinking, whoa, this is the type of teaching, this is the reason why I left the church in the first place. This doesn't sound fair. This doesn't sound like equality. I thought God viewed us as equals. What's going on here? This, what do you mean that wives need to be subject to their husbands? Now, we both know, or we, we know through the Bible, the Bible tells us that, uh, that both men and women we're created in the image of God, okay? Both men and women are created in the image of God. It's not just man. It's both men and women. The Bible also tells us that both men and women have complete equal access to God. All right, women, you don't have to go to your husband, right, to, to, to talk to God. You don't have to go to a priest to talk to God. That's not how it works. God's saying, hey, you have equal access to me as God that, as men do. The Bible, makes it, the Bible makes it clear. It tells us that both men and women are both equally valued by God. They're worth the same. A man is worth just as much as a woman. But God gives man and woman different roles in the family. And God's saying, hey, I value you equally. You guys are both worth the same to me. But I made you different. I didn't make a mistake on that. I did that on purpose. And because of that, I have different roles for you guys to play out within those two areas. And today we're looking at marriage and the family. I mean, think about the creation story, right? God makes Adam first. Right? Adam's the one that he creates first. But then God, and God actually looks at Adam and says, hey, that's pretty good. Right? Believe it or not. And then God decides, you know what, it's not good for Adam to be alone. And so what does he create for Adam? He creates Adam a helper, the Bible tells us. All right, ladies, before you freak out about that word, let me just say this, that the word helper is it's actually the same Hebrew word that God uses to, to describe himself as helping um, the nation Israel, helping his people. Okay, it's not a demeaning term at all. God's a helper. He created Adam a helper. And think about when both Adam and Eve sinned, right? Eve sinned first under Adam's leadership, unfortunately. And then Adam sinned when God comes down to confront the situation. Remember, God doesn't go, hey, Eve, I want to talk to you. He doesn't say that. God doesn't say, hey, Adam and Eve, I want to, where, where are you guys? Let's talk about this. He doesn't say that. No, God goes down and he says, Adam, where are you? See, men are supposed to step up and lead within the family. It's not necessarily a privilege. It's a responsibility. And we, it should be some weight on our shoulders. We should be able to feel that. All right, we also know that God, he, he made men physically stronger. Okay, that's, that's fact. It's truth. That's why we have men's and women's sports. Um, that's why as you're laying in bed at night and you hear the crash going on downstairs, you don't turn over, men, to your wife and you say, hey, honey, why don't you go check that out, you know? I hope some of you guys don't do that. Um, actually, I see couples looking at each other. I hope you don't do that. That's shame on you, men. Come on. Right? We're not supposed to do that. No, the man gets up. He's the protector. He's the stronger one physically. He's, I'm not saying mentally, right? I'm saying physically. He's the one that gets up and goes checks on, on what crashed in the night. It's the guy. 
All right, wives, this is really the only thing I'm going to be talking to you about this morning is, is this. I think a lot, of, a lot of, maybe mostly women, I'm not sure, but a lot of people, that we like the, we're like, hey, give me a list. This is what I need to do. Uh, you know, let me, let me write down your five things, and, and I'm, I'm going to work on that. This, the Bible doesn't give us five things. The Bible tells us one thing for wives, and this is what he says. You know, he says that, wives, you need to allow your husbands to lead. I get that could be hard. And I get you're not always going to feel like he's leading like he should. And he's not always going to lead the right way. But wives, you need to allow your husbands to lead. And you need to follow him. That's how the family is supposed to work. And then husbands, probably the idea of leading within your marriage and your family, it probably isn't what you think it is. Right? That doesn't mean that you get to sit on the couch and boss your wife around all day. Okay? That's, not, that's not what it is. It right? doesn't mean you get to dominate or demean her. That's not leading. That's not leading like, like a man. God has a much different opinion of what leading the home actually means. And the whole the rest, so, so we had the two verses about wives. Hey, wives, you need to do this. Submit to your husbands. Right? Everything else is basically for the husbands. That's what he says. Husbands. Love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her. Stuff. So that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word. That he might present to himself the church in all of her glory, having no spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she would be holy and blameless. So husbands, you ought to... To love their own wives as their own bodies, he who loves his own wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ also does the church. Because we are members of his body. For this reason, right, it's quoting Genesis here. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and shall be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is great, but I am speaking with reference to Christ and the church. Nevertheless, each individual among you also is to love his own wife even as himself, and the wife must see to it that she respects her husband. All right, so, so the authority slash leadership nature of the man is exercised in the home in three ways that we see here. The first one is the first verse, self-sacrificial love. Man need to, the man needs to exercise his leadership role with self-sacrificial love towards his wife. That's what he says in, in verse 25. He says, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. You hear that, man? You see this? How does God expect you to exercise your unique leadership responsibilities in your home, in your marriage? He's saying you need to sacrifice yourself for your wife and your children. You need to be willing to lay down your life, really. The, the, Paul, he's writing this to the church in Ephesus. And, um, and, you know, Christ had just died a few years before. And so, so they're very familiar with the story. Um, Christianity is a, a new thing popping up on the scene. And so they're reading this from Paul and they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We know this story. We're supposed to, we're supposed to love our wives just like Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. They're like, wait, we know this story. This doesn't end well for the guy. Right? This doesn't end well for Jesus. He dies for the church. I think that's kind of Paul's point. I'm not saying that, I'm not saying you, you're going to give up your life 
right, for your family, I'm saying, and Paul's saying, hey, it's going to cost you something. You're going to have to sacrifice something, right? That might mean that you're willing to not sleep as much. That might mean maybe you're, you're willing to do the things that your wife wants to do and not just always the things that you want to do. Maybe that means that you're willing to get up and help. Self-sacrificial love. Now, let's be honest with ourselves, right? Sometimes find this type of love rather difficult, men, right? Am I right? This is hard? Yeah. <laughs> that guy really does. He's honest. We do. I do as well. Right? Look, like sometimes I get home from work, okay? I'll be honest. I do not feel like spending a bunch of time with, with my wife. Sometimes I just don't. Nothing that she does, it's, it's on me. Right? Sometimes I don't feel like spending a bunch of time in the evenings playing with my, with my sons. Right? Sometimes all I want to do is I just want to sit on the couch and watch a game. Right? But I need to be willing to sacrifice my time, my energy, my effort, the things that I want to do for them. That's what Paul is saying here. Now, some men, I know what you're thinking out there because some people, you're thinking, hey, but you don't understand. I didn't sign up for this. I didn't sign up for cancer. I didn't sign up for uh, her extended family. All right? She used to be so different. This isn't, the person who she is now is not the same person that I married however many years ago. Not the same. See, some of you, you need to learn to love your wife, not just, hope, not just who you hope she becomes someday or ho- who she was in the past. And some, of you, some of us men, this is what we do. We create this list. Right? And we, we think to ourselves, well, if she would just lose weight or if she would just try harder in this area, if she would master this skill, if she would change in this certain way, then, then I could truly love her the way that God wants me to. Then it would be easy. I, I, I could love her then. That's not how Jesus did it with the church. That's not how Jesus is with us. He doesn't go and say, hey, church, I got this list of things for you to do. Do this list, and then I'll love you. He doesn't say, hey, do this list, and then I'll sacrifice for you. No, he sacrificed for us first. We didn't do anything. Don't love who your wife could be. Love who your wife is. Second thing that we see here is that Men need to set the spiritual direction in the home. Our next verse says this, says, So that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, that he might present to himself the church in all of her glory, having no spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she would be holy and blameless. So husbands are also to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his own wife loves himself. Basically, what he's saying is Christ set the spiritual direction of the church. Okay, he's paralleling the love for Christ as for the church as the love that men we need to have for our wives. And he's saying, hey, Christ set the spiritual direction of the church. And that's the same thing in marriage. The man will always set the spiritual climate of the home, whether that's good or bad. The man does that, whether he means to or not. 
And we need to be doing basically what Christ is doing with the church. We need to be doing whatever we can to help our wives become holy and blameless, to help our wives grow in their relationship with God. Now, let me just say this. Men, right, the spiritual climate of your home does not fall on the pastors. It doesn't fall on the youth pastors. It doesn't fall on the, the teachers in your kids' class here at church. It doesn't fall on your wives. Right? The church, we're here to help you. We want to help you. We want to help you lead your family and growing in, in the relationship with God. But we will not be judged by God for the spiritual direction of your home. You will. Some of you men, you need just to decide that my family is not going to be dragging me to church on Sundays anymore. I'm bringing my family to church. That means your goal is basically that everyone inside your home is growing in their relationship with God. That should be your ultimate goal. That's how you set your spiritual direction of the home. And, and there's some things you got to do that. One of the main things that you need to do is you should have regular spiritual conversations with your wife and kids. And I get that might be awkward and I get that might be weird and you don't know where to start. But that's what you need to do. It is not your wife's or the mom's responsibility Right, to find out where her kids are spiritually with God. Right? It's, not, it's not her responsibility. I'm not saying, by the way, I'm not saying that, women, you shouldn't be talking to your kids about God. You should be. But overall, men, this lands on you. You need to, no matter what, you need to find out where your kids are at with God. It's one of your main things. All right, that's on you. There's a... I work with high school students, and uh, sometimes, right, I'll, I'll be talking to a dad who, with a student that, uh, that just graduated, and, um, or maybe graduated a couple years ago, and so they've been in college for a couple years, and he'll, he'll be talking to me and say, hey, you know, my daughter, she's 19, she's, she's at college now, she's drinking a lot, she is dating this idiot of a boyfriend, and now they're moving in together. And then he'll say something like, but... She's an adult now. Who am I, you know, who am I to get involved? What, what could I possibly do? Man, let me just say this. this. That drives me nuts, by the way. All right, that is a boy's way out, okay? It's a boy's way out. That's not what men do. All right, some of you men, you need to sit down with your daughters that are in college, and you need to have a hard but loving conversation with them. Some of you men out there, you need to sit down with your daughter's boyfriend and you need to have a hard but loving conversation with him. All right, anything that affects the spiritual direction within your family, that's on you. You need to confront. I'm not saying you can control everything, but I'm saying you need to do whatever you can do about that. You need to talk to them. You need to, you need to help your daughter as much as possible, even if she, it doesn't matter if she wants the help or not. It's on you. Men, you set the spiritual tone of your family. That's what Paul's saying. And then the third thing that we see here is provision. All right, verse 28. It says, so husbands are also to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his own wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but he nourishes it and cherishes it. He takes care of it just as Christ also does the church because we are members of his body. Right? What he's saying is he's saying, hey, like we take care of our bodies, Christ takes care of the church. 
right? Because the church is Christ's body. And so like Christ takes care of his church, we need to take care of our wives and our family. We need to provide for them. Christ provides for the church. We provide for our family. They, they, they correspond with each other. Now, when I say provision, I don't mean that the wife gets everything she wants, right? Okay, that would be impossible. Some of the ladies out there are like, what? <laughs> All right, some guys are out there like, thank you. Now, I'm not saying that everybody gets what they want. All right, sometimes Kate, she'll... Uh, She'll come to me and she'll say, hey, Zach, you know, do you think we could do this and this and this and this? And, so, uh, you know, sometimes I'm like, yeah, I don't really want to do that. But, yeah, we can do it if that's something you really want to do. You know, let, let's, do, let's do it. And then so other times she'll come to me and she'll say, hey, Zach, I want to do this, this, and this. And I'll be looking at the price tag of it. Right? Men, do we do this sometimes? And we're looking at it and I'm like, okay, uh, yeah, we can do this in about 13 years. You know, I mean, some, it's not wrong, guys, to be like, to say, hey, yeah, I, w- I want to do this for you, but, but sometimes we've got to wait. All right, our whole goal should be, we, first of all, we need to provide for our wives' needs, have to, no question. And then our goal should be, we want to provide for as many of her wants as we possibly can, even if that means trumping our wants. Some people um, then ask, well, okay, all right, are you saying that the man needs to be the primary breadwinner of the home? By the way, I don't think that's what Paul's saying here at all. I think that's such a secondary subject. Um, I get it. Some of you guys have hit jackpot where you have a girl and she came with some cash, right? That didn't happen for me. I love my wife, but she did not come with cash. She came with debt. Um, but uh, which I paid off. No, I'm just kidding. She, but uh, but yeah, you know, sometimes, okay, you might maybe you have a girl that she's got some cash that does not free you up to master hobbies, men. Well, why not? Because that's boy stuff, and you're a man, and men work. All right, to not work hard, men. It, me, really, think about what you're doing here. You're refusing to demonstrate to your sons and daughters about what it means to be a man. If your sons and daughters grow up seeing you not work hard, basically being lazy, you're demonstrating to them what it means to be a man. And someday you're going to want your, your, your son to be a man. Someday you're going to want your daughter to marry a good man. Right? Just because your wife has a good paying job, that does not free you up to become an expert in Wakeboarding, okay, or the best hunter in the state is not free you up to be lazy. Think about um, in the book of Genesis, all this really stems from creation and the way that God created things. But, uh, but think about in the book of Genesis, God creates Adam, and before sin enters the world and before the fall of man, all right, before the curse, right, God creates Adam to work. He's got a job to do. You're supposed to work in the garden, take care of things. He had, he had work. Men, we are hardwired to work. That's who we are, not to be lazy. All right, Paul, he actually was crazy. So at, so at the beginning, he talks, about, he talks to women, right? And then he mentions these kind of three things. 
It says, hey, self-sacrificial love. Hey, you need to, do, you know, you know, you need to direct the spiritual direction of your home, and, and you need to provide for needs. But then he kind of wraps it all up with one last verse in verse 33 here. He says, nevertheless, each individual among you also is to love his own wife, even as himself. He mentions love again. And then he says, and the wife, remember, you must see to it that she respects her husband. See, leading your home, it requires you, men, it requires you to love your wife self-sacrificially. It requires you to set spiritual direction, set the spiritual tone. And it requires you to provide for needs in, in the family. And when a man starts to do these three things, all three of them, not skipping one or, or another, you will lead your home well. And that should be our goal. That should be something that we want to do. And when, when a man rejects one of them, your home is going to be a mess. Your home's going to be jacked up. Right? And that's unfortunately what many men do. A lot of men, I feel like they, they ignore one, or, or a lot of them ignore two, the first two, right? This is what a lot of men do. They say, hey, um, you know, the spiritual direction thing, yeah, I don't really know what to do with that necessarily because a lot of that's because we, they don't have a, a good relationship with God themselves, which should be the number one thing. And so they're like, well, I don't do that. And self-sacrificial love, sometimes I don't feel like doing that because let's be honest, that's hard and we're all human and we're all messed up people. And, and always loving our wife self-sacrificially, that's it, tough. So I don't really do that. But the third one, man, I provide. Right? We got, a, we got a nice house. We got a pool. We got a couple jet skis. I mean, the one thing I do is I provide for my family. I work my butt off all week. I sacrifice all week for them. Let me say this, don't kid yourself. You're doing that for yourself, not your family. The question really doesn't come down to, men, are you, are you the leader of your home? It doesn't come down to that. Okay, God's already answered that. He answered that in the first, in the first verse. It's not, hey, are you the leader? It doesn't really matter what your wife thinks. It doesn't really matter what you think. Answers, the answer is there. Men, you are the leader. The question really comes down to, are you a good leader or are you a bad leader? Which one are you? Where are you at? Are you leading in a self-sacrificial way? Are you leading by setting the spiritual climate of the home? Are you leading by providing? Some of you men, man, you need to sit down this afternoon and you need to take a hard look at yourself. God has hardwired you, he's hardwired us as men to lead. And that's, that's, my, that's my challenge for you this morning. My challenge is for you to man up and lead well. Let's pray. God, we thank you for loving us. You don't have to, but you do. God, we thank you for, for giving us these verses. And I know some of the, the truth in here might be hard to swallow at times. But God, we thank you for giving it to us anyway. You have the model for how our marriage is supposed to run. We thank you for giving us those blueprints, that model. God, we ask 
that uh, we as men would step up to the challenge and lead our families well. God, in all honesty, we can't do that without you. I mean, I, we, we will fail every time. God, help us as, as men to lead our marriages and our family the way that you've called us to. God, and we thank you for everything, and we love you, and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for watching, and we hope to see you next week here at Grace.